0: like to welcome everybody this morning we appreciate everybody making an effort to come to the Lord's house and just appreciate the morning and, uh, just uh, having health and strength to be able to get up and be here this morning and know, we got some pastors sick and uh, some other folks that would really like to be in the church house this morning that can't be but, uh, we appreciate our children singing for us and uh, just looking forward to having a great day in the Lord and uh, we uh, this morning we thought about some of our uh, sister churches and uh, remember them uh, we got you know some of our preachers out uh, at some other churches this morning so remember that and um uh, i was talking to dad and uh we were talking about um he had me look up the word the word adore for him on my dictionary on my phone and uh, we got to talking and it's uh it's easy to turn our focus to adore something else other than the lord um I, I know I'm guilty of it. It's easy to be focused on our jobs and families and life and money and everything else. but if we uh, keep that focus on the Lord, I pray this morning we can all just put all that other stuff away this morning, be focused on the Lord and have the service he'd have for us this morning. I'll ask uh, Brother Sean son to dismiss his Sunday school.
1: We appreciate the opportunity to be in God's house, and we appreciate everybody that's here. <clears throat> Our lesson this morning is in the second chapter of the book of Joel, and uh, it starts at the 21st verse, and uh, the title of the lesson, God Promises His Presence, and uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we could have life. And uh, when and every one of us sure knows, knows this, but when we got saved, he put his spirit down in our life. And, and his, his presence is with us all the time. Since the day we got saved, God's been right here. Regardless, I, I wanna, regardless of how, how we've lived or what, where we've been in life, how bad a person we've been or the, how good a person, he's here. When, you, when, you try, when you're trying your best and doing your best, God will bless you. And uh, it's joy. The Bible said joy unspeakable and full of glory. When we're doing when we're at our worst, when we're going against God, doing ungodly things, and and I'd say probably most of us have since we've been saved. I know I'm guilty, but even when I was wrong, and I've told this a lot of times, when I've been wrong, God was right here telling me I was wrong. And he letting me know that I was his. He wasn't blessing me. At that time, it wasn't a blessing. I'll say it that way. At the time he was telling me that, it wasn't a blessing. But ever since ever since I got my life straightened up, that's been a blessing to me because he was letting me know that I was his even when I was wrong. Okay, we'll get off, off of that a little bit. Seem seems like I've got on that a lot lately, but uh, in the... Our lesson starts at the 21st verse, but I want to read the first verse of the second chapter of Joel. Real familiar scripture. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Now, sound the alarm in my holy mountain. In other words, sound the alarm in the church. In Mount Zion. Uh, blow the trumpet. in When back in Israel, if, if they set guards on the wall to watch. And, and if they seen the enemy come, and they blow the trumpet. So we... Uh, he said blow the trumpet in Zion the trumpet ought to be sounding all the time because uh, our enemy is after our people all the time after us all the time so we we need to sound the trumpet we need we every one of us now you could say well that's talking that's talking to the preachers they're the ones that does does all the work and and it's getting to be that way it seems like but it shouldn't be. We've ever one got a part in this, and uh, if I'm not if I'm not in a position where I can pray, I need to get my life straightened up. And I, that don't mean I've been out in the world doing a lot of ungodly things. But I, you get your mind in the wrong place, and it makes it hard to get a hold of God. So we, we need to everyone got our part in blowing the trumpet let our people know that they need Jesus and, uh, uh, and, and I'll, I'll talk more on that maybe a little bit later But uh, Paul said For I was alive once without the law The commandment came sin revived and I died and uh, I thought about that uh, when the the church when I was a 15 year old boy and I've told my experience so many times everybody's got it memorized probably but uh, when I was a 15 year old boy the church blowed the trumpet Flavor Sash stood up in the pulpit and preached the gospel to me. God preached the gospel through him. And it tore me up. He blowed, They blowed the trumpet in Zion. Let me know that I was lost. I was on my way to hell. And I've told this hundreds of times. If, if Edna Mason hadn't come to me that morning, I would have probably stood right there and held on to the seat till church was over and went home, but I, God sent her to me, she comes, just stuck her hand out, said, do you need to pray, and I come out of there, and God saved me, and I've been saved ever since, the best day of my life, and I appreciate her following the Lord, I appreciate the church following the Lord, and I. Uh, I want to read i want to read the scripture that preacher preached on that morning when i got saved and i don't know why but god god allowed me to remember this I, a lot of things i i forget but this then the 16th chapter real familiar scripture it's the 16th chapter of the book of matthew jesus asked his disciples whom do men say that i the son of man am And they, they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And God allowed him to preach that till it went down in my soul. And, and I knew for a fact that Jesus was the Son of God. And I still know it. And the best friend I ever had, guaranteed, every one of you knows that, best friend I ever had. There's never been a time when, when, when I've been in fellowship anyway, I'll say it that way. Now there's, I, even, even when I've been out of fellowship, if I, if I went to him with my heart where it ought to be and repented, he was there. But he has to allow you to do that. He has to give you the spirit to repent with. I think you understand that. But anyway. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. I know every one of you remembers the day you got saved. And I, I believe that's what Joel's talking about. The Lord will do great things. Uh, the greatest thing that ever happened in my life was when I got saved. And God, I've, I've been blessed all my life. I had real good parents. Raised me right. Took care of me. Taught me the right way. The best wife anybody could have. And and got three real great children. Couldn't ask for no better. And and I don't know how many grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God's blessed me beyond measure. And I've had good jobs. Just a lot of all the natural stuff. God's really blessed me beyond measure. But the greatest thing in my life is what God done for me when I was a boy. And and I bet he saved me. And I've been I've been running on that ever since. Do you understand what I mean? That greatest thing in my life. I I can when everything when everything else fails, and and natural things do. People have failed us. Everything, everything'll fail us we'll We'll lose jobs and all kinds of different things happen to us in life. but my God, ain't never failed me. Every time, every time that I've ever went to him right out of my heart and needed something, he was there. Now, there's been times. That I went to him and wanted something. Didn't necessarily need it. And I didn't get it. James mentioned that. He he said we ask and ask amiss that we might consume it on our own lust. If I go to. I've, I've always. I've always been able to pay my bills. And I'm talking natural stuff. But. And I've always had. I've never went hungry. God took care of me. And I might have thought some of them times got a little bit low. And I might have thought, boy, I really need. I really need some more money, or I need something else. And 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 God knows what I needed, and He gave it to me. I believe. I believe even the hard times that come along, God knows that we need them. Uh, when do you pray the hardest? When do you when do you get closer to the Lord? When you having hard times or when you having good times? Every every time I've ever had trouble in my life, had a hard time, I was closer to the Lord then than I was than I've ever been. Uh, I could talk to him, and, and he helped me. Now, he, he didn't always. I, I remember one time I, I got laid off from a job I was on, and, and I was off work a pretty good while. And, and I, I was praying for God to help me find a job. And I think that's a legitimate prayer because God requires us to take care of our families. And uh, but the whole time God took care of us I want to I stress that God took care of us but God in his time answered that prayer and uh, blessed me uh, beyond measure even, even from a natural standpoint So God's, God's presence, God, God will let you know that you're His. The day I got saved, He let me know that I was saved. He let you know you were saved. And every time, every time I can get my heart humble before God, He's there. He's there even when I can't get my heart humble, but He... I know it more when I got my heart up. Anybody got anything? Rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength and God everything that we need and I, I, I mentioned that a while ago I'm, I'm 80, 82 years old and I've never went hungry I might not have had steak every night but I, I never went hungry and things uh, when, I was, when I was a kid My dad was sick a lot. He had lung lung problems, worked in coal mines, and had some pretty bad problems. And wasn't able to work sometimes for long periods of time. But we never went hungry. We had what we needed. God God provided. And uh, God will take care of us. So the, and he's talking about the beast of the field and and he I believe I believe he's talking to this carcass right here. This is the beast, and uh, he'll take care of this. He he's provided now when he when he made Adam before he made Adam. He provided everything that Adam would need from a natural standpoint. When he put him in the garden, he had everything he needed. Even the tree of life was in the midst of the garden. Everything he needed. Salvation was there. And uh, but anyway, so be not afraid. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. You children of Zion, he's talking to his church. He's going to give you the he's going to give you everything you need to do your job while you're here. The Bible said He'd given us all things that pertain unto life. He's given us everything we need. Whatever, whatever, and I was talking about uh, blowing the trumpet in Zion, and we all have a part in that. Whatever my little part might be, God's provided me with everything I need to do that job. Now, uh, God knew... Before I ever got saved that I was gonna be trying to teach this Sunday school class. And I don't I don't think I do I don't think I'm very good at it, but I enjoy it. And I think God wants me to do it. But God provided everything I needed. Now I couldn't have when I first got saved, I couldn't have got up here and told you nothing, hardly. I, and Probably when I first started trying to teach Sunday school, I stammered around way more than I do now. But God, God's got everything we need to do our job right here. And uh, do I understand all of it? I, how many times? How many times have I got up here on Sunday and said, "Well, there's some of this I don't know about." I've done that a lot of times. And there's a lot of this lesson today that I don't really know about. But I know God is with us. He will take care of us. from an act if, if The Bible said in, 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 I believe it's the 39th chapter of Psalms, He said, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. God's got us surrounded. You remember uh, back in the book of Kings when the Assyrians surrounded the prophet and his servant got up and seen them all around him said, alas, my master, how shall we do? And the prophet prayed, said, Lord, open the young man's eyes and he looked and the hills were full of chariots afar. He said, there's more for us than there is against us. And that's if you could see it, the angels are all around us, and and they're doing they're doing God's job, what God wants. They're taking care of us. They're watching over us the way God wants them to. Now, does that mean everything's going to everything's going to go real good? Not necessarily. You remember Lazarus. Laid at the rich man's gate. He was saved by the grace of God. Laid at the rich man's gate, full of sores, begging for the crumbs from the rich man's table. God uses things that happen in our lives. If we get sick or we how problems like Lazarus laying at the rich man's gate begging. You remember when the rich man was talking to Abraham, he said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus back to yonder's world to warn my five brothers not to come here. I believe, I believe Lazarus was at the rich man's gate to warn the rich man not to go there. And I don't believe he'd have been at the rich man's gate if he hadn't been in such bad shape. You don't go to the hospital unless you're in bad shape. But most of the time, when God's people get in that kind of a condition, it's to give them a chance to be a witness to somebody. God puts us... I believe God put every one of us in this church for a purpose. God put every one of us in the jobs that we work in for a purpose the schools that we went to, the people that we come in contact, the neighborhoods we live in. God's got us there for a purpose. And that's to be a light to the people around us. Let them know about Jesus. Now, that don't mean we got to get out on a street corner and preach all the time. But you live your life the way God wants you to, and when the opportunity presents itself, God will give you the grace and the Spirit to be able to witness to somebody and and it'll carry some weight because they've been looking at you and they know how you're living but if they see you every Friday night carrying in a case of beer and and uh, sitting out in your backyard hooping and hollering drunk in you know, a drunk they ain't going to have no confidence in you if they hear you handling all kinds of filthy language they're not going to have any confidence in you the Bible told us to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and flee the very appearance of evil. If it just looks like it's evil, stay away from it. Anyway, that's kind of off the lesson a little bit. So be glad, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. We have, he's given you the former reign and the latter reign, Given us everything we need and still is. As long as we live here, he's going to take care of us. And even better, like Lazarus, he took care of Lazarus, I believe. As long as he lived, he might not enjoy life as good as he would have liked to from a natural standpoint. But guaranteed, Father Abraham told the rich man, said, Lazarus got his good things now. The angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. And when when it comes time for us to leave here, we're going home to be with God. And we can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. I have not seen, hath not heard, neither hath entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. He's Heaven's beyond our imagination. But I know for a fact. I know this. I don't know much about heaven. But I know I got a place over there. That God had prepared for me. Before the foundation of the world. And the floors. Shall be full of wheat. And the. Fats shall overflow with wine and oil God God's blessed me and I, I seem like I keep coming back to this. now I'm not talking about naturally now God's every, everything I've got come from God everything, ever a blessing natural spiritual yeah, all of it come from God. I've heard people say, "Well, I I earned this and I earned that." Uh, Jesus earned my salvation at Calvary's cross. I didn't earn that. I couldn't even I couldn't even give myself to Jesus without His help, without His telling me I needed to, and Him Him giving me what I needed to get there. Yeah. Uh, I had to have his direction, and that's where, that's the way we're going in, in this lesson if we have time to get there. He gave us what we needed to get to him and uh and he's still doing that our, with our people, and he's he's giving us what we need to be what we need to be for him while we're here. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. Now, if we're not careful, we can make trouble for ourselves. You remember in uh, 6th chapter, 2nd Chronicles, I believe it is. Solomon prayed when he was dedicating the temple. And he prayed to God, said now, if, and he was talking about these different things that happened, pestilence and, and uh, diseases and all the things that can happen. he said, now, if, if, if the people sin, and all these things comes on them, if they, if they pray toward this place, hear their prayers. I, I can't say quote exactly how he said it. But hear their prayers and forgive their sins. And then God answered him in a dream that night. And he said, if my people... That's talking about the church, people that have been saved. said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray... And forsake their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I'll I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. If America wants healed, we're gonna to have to do some repentance. That's God's people. We we can point a finger at the world all we want to and say how bad how bad the world is. But he didn't say if. If all them sinners will repent, he said, if my people will repent. And uh, if you remember Jeremiah, uh, he, told, he told those people before they went into bondage uh, to search for the old path, where is the good way, and when you find it, walk therein. They said, we will not walk therein. And there's a lot of God's people that have been saved by his grace by their actions are saying, we're not going to walk like that. And if these people got in trouble for doing the same thing, right? and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. I've been I've been satisfied down in my soul ever since the day God saved me. Now, this fellow up here, the Bible said the eyes have never been full of seeing or ears full of hearing, whatever, I can't quote it exactly right. We we want things and we're never satisfied. But down in my soul I've been satisfied ever since God saved me. The peace of God. The peace of God is beyond understanding. But it's a it's a one of the greatest, or part, I, well, I say it this way it's part of the greatest gift that God ever gave to man, and that's salvation. The peace of God down in my life is worth being saved for. Somebody sings a song, it's so peaceful in the arms of the Lord, and, and absolutely a true song. And God's blessings are beyond measure, but His peace is one of the very greatest. You shall eat in, in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. We ought, we ought to live our life to where we're not ashamed of it. And I've not always done that. But now down in my soul, there's never been... Ever since the day I got saved, I know everybody here knows this, but there's never been a bad thing down in here. Satan can't even find it. He can't tempt your, uh, He can't tempt your soul... He was cast out of there when I got saved. He was bound up and cast out of there into the earth. He's walking around in this thing you look at, trying to tear me down as much as he can so that my witness ain't worth nothing. And he's doing the same with every one of us. We've got a battle every day. And I've I've said, I, I don't know how many times, but... One of, the, one of the greatest things I know about heaven I said I didn't know much about heaven but the, one of the greatest things I know about heaven is the devil ain't going to be there our warfare will be over the battle will be over and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. Now I want to I go down to the last verse. I think it's the last verse of this chapter. The 20, or 28th and 29th verses. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants, upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people, I've heard people preach it this way or talk it this way. That that was talking about Pentecost. God's Spirit on that day was poured out on the people that were there. There was there was a lot of people got saved that day. It was poured out on them. His Spirit will be poured out on all flesh, a l l. That's every one of them, from Adam all the way down. Now, how many of them got saved? Very few. He poured His Spirit out on them, though. Went the day and I was talking about the day I got saved, when when the gospel come to me, God's Spirit brought it. His Spirit was poured out on me that day. Now He didn't. He did He didn't give it to me. He just directed it to deliver the message to me. God's Spirit was poured out on the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. God God fixed that in eternity before the world was made. When When He said, let us make man, He said, let us make him in our image and after our likeness. And He made man in His image. Then David said, I'll be satisfied when I awake with his likeness. When we get up in the resurrection, we'll be in the likeness of Christ, both soul and body. My soul is in the likeness of Christ right now, in Jesus. His spirit dwells in here, and when I get up in the resurrection, his spirit will dwell in me, both soul and body. There won't be any sin in here to to mess things up. If if we'd have got saved, both soul and body, to begin with, we'd, we'd have been living heaven right here on earth. And in my soul I am. My soul's already in God's kingdom, a part of God's kingdom. But I, sometimes I can't hardly wait. Got a little... Plot out on Fairmont Road, one of these days, if time stands, I'm gonna be buried there. And Ray and Siegel and Minnie and the whole, whole family's right there in the plot together. Homer's right up the hill from us. Different. A whole bunch of people, P. L. One of these days Jesus is going to come and we're everyone going to get up and you talk about shouting there'll be some shouting that day. And uh, all because God's spirit moved in the church and reached out to us when we were lost and called us to salvation and that's what we're here for this morning. We, we need to humble our hearts just as just as far down as we can and beg for our people to be saved, for God to convict them and lift Jesus up. That's what we're here for. Blow the, sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Blow the trumpet in Zion. That's that's in the church. So we need to blow the trumpet, let our people know they need Jesus, And and it's up to them whether they come or not. But if if we're convincing enough, if we live good enough, if we prove to them that it's as good as we say it is, maybe some of them will come and get saved. I believed I believed the people in the church when I was when I was a kid. I'd seen them shouting and they'd have hallelujah meetings all the time. It seemed like. About every time the church come together, there was a bunch of shouting. But I knew it was real.
0: But I knew it. That was kind of annoying. He didn't hear.